Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. The word of the Lord. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 and then Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 4. And I'd like for you to read this out loud with me. And let's fill this place with the voice of God's word today. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will stay the same. And I thank you for the precious word of God today. Lord. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 it says for we are in fact would you read this with me if you don't have it in your Bibles yet just look on the screens for we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them notice we're his work and we were created for good works well wait it's not about works no 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 it's not about works getting into salvation it's about the work of the cross but he did blaze the trail for good works for you and I. And he did call us into good works, which God's prepared before and that we should walk in them. And then in Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, would you look at that? In fact, look at it on your screens if you don't have New Living Translation. And let's say this out loud and together. Ready? Read. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Lord, we open up our hearts to your word and we pray by the Holy Spirit that you would custom tailor it, speak to us individually. Help us not just to hear out of our heads today, oh, there's too much, there's so much knowledge out there, Lord. But help us to catch something personally that you're saying to us individually today. Oh God, don't be limited to my ability to communicate but i pray lord that you would communicate by the wisdom of the holy spirit i pray that as i open my mouth that i would open my mouth as of the oracles of god help me to say what you want me to say today and stop what you don't in jesus name i pray and we all said amen today i want you to look at this verse first of all he says we were created for good works which god's prepared beforehand that we should walk in them listen god every single person god has called you to good works but it's good works that he's already blazed the trail for you i remember you know i i my dad was a pretty big guy and uh i remember when we go through crowds i remember one time we were walking through san francisco and it was packed i don't know what was going on but it was packed and, uh, and he grabbed my hand, and, and I was probably like this high, and he said, boy, just stick right behind me, or else we're not going to get through anywhere. And he put, he put his hand like right here, and he just started walking. And can I tell you, nobody bumped into me. Nobody stopped. They bumped into Dad, but they didn't bump into me. You know, the Bible says that God's called you to good works, which God has gone before you, prepared before you, that you should walk in him. I think sometimes why people say, why is the road so rocky? Because you're trying to maybe Bump, you're trying to blaze your own trail. But you got to have God blaze the trail. He said, which God's prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. I, I love what one minister said. I heard one time he said, I'd rather be two steps behind God than one step ahead of him. Because when I'm behind, at least I can see where God's going and what God's doing. Sometimes we get ahead of God and we don't know where to go because maybe he led you the right direction, but you've gone ahead of him. He said, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. He says, which God's prepared beforehand. Then in Ephesians 4, he says, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Notice these are the the gifts that Christ gave. 
to the church, and they're apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and they're supposed to do the work of the ministry. Is that what it says? Look, look, at, that, look at that verse on the screen. It says, their responsibility is to do the work of the ministry. Is that what it says? Wait a minute. Am I reading the right? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Is that what it says? So the work of the ministry, who does the work of the ministry? Yeah, we do. We're all part of the body. Come on, who does the work of the ministry? We're all part of the body of Christ. We're all in. It's, it's the culture of the kingdom. See, I, I think so much of the time we're raised in church by tradition that you go, well, that's what they do, and then this is what I do. No, you are called 24 hours a day. You're called to be a minister. You may be a doctor, a lawyer, a trash truck driver. You may be work at MLGW. You may um, be uh, work for the uh, law enforcement. You may uh, work for you know uh, a cleaning company. You may whatever you do, you're a minister. Your role is a minister. But you have a function that you do, but really who God's called you to, to be is a minister. So my job, our job on the platform, we, we, so to speak, our job is to equip people to be ministers. But ministry happens throughout our everyday life and ministry happens in the church by people. And the role of the leaders is to equip people for the work of the ministry. But still today, if you ask churches or you look at these Barna surveys, or they, they still say that probably 20% of people, it's still the Pareto principle, that 20% is doing 80% of the work. And so you have a bunch of stressed out people who are overloaded, not just people who work at the church, but, but people who are, who are strong and in, in, in stepping into what God's called them to do, but then they're overloaded, they're weighed down. But listen, that's not how the way God called any of us to be, he's called us all to, to take an active part. Uh, I remember there was um, a lady that I knew that had hurt her foot. And when she hurt her foot, she hurt it, for, and it was hurt for about six months, and it was kind of restoring and building back the bone because she twisted it all the way around. And uh, so what happened was she, she said, I don't want to use these crutches and these things they gave me, but I'm just going to walk and walk it out. Guess what happened? The other foot started hurting. Why? Because it wasn't supposed to, intended to carry the weight of two feet. And so what happens? You see people in the church stressed out, used, abused, feeling like the church did this to me. <laughs> no, not the church on the platform. The church who didn't step up <laughs> did that to you because you're trying to do their role and your role. Many hands make light work. See, I didn't say that. I, this isn't some church thing to say, we're trying to get everyone involved so that the church can be helped out. No, this is something that the Lord has called us to do. He's called us, he's called me to equip the saints, with, well, I'm one of the people, to equip the saints to, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the uh, encouragement of the body of Christ. So my goal is to identify and to activate you in your ministry. I don't want you to do more than your ministry and I don't want you to do less than your ministry. I just want you to do what God's called you to, called you to do. How many would say, I want to do that? Yeah, what, just what God's called me to do. No more, no less. That's what I want. Maybe more, if anything, but, but I want to do what God's called me to do and, and be what God's called me to be. 
Um, God has already prepared ministry for you, your ministry for you. So today I want to talk about you. I want to talk about what God's put inside of you. Um, if you'll look at the, in fact, would you look at the handout that was given you? It's either in your bulletin. I want every person, this is super, super important. You should have two handouts. One's a fold handout like this. It's like a half fold. If you don't have one of these, would you raise your hand? Someone's going to hand it to you right now. Okay, everyone, I want everyone to have one of these. And if you need a pen, you can look in the seat back pockets in front of you. Someone will get you a pen. But I don't care if I take 10 minutes to get this to you. I want to get this to you. Okay, everybody. And I want everybody to have this half sheet too. Everybody have this. It's super important. Online, this is all uh, uploaded on Facebook. Do you guys have this in the balcony? Yeah, you have that? Okay, you guys have that? up. Okay, good. Um, uh, on Facebook, this is on here if you just want to download that and look at that. But everyone, I'd love for you to follow along with me on this. This is not just something, it's going to be a little bit fun to do, but, but it's not just something natural. It's something that I believe is very spiritual uh, this morning, okay? So everybody grab one of those. Again, if you need a ha uh, the folded sheet, raise your hand, hold up a one. If you need the, the other half sheet, hold up a two. If you need both of them, hold up a three. <laughs> if you need a pen, two, hold up a four. <laughs> if you don't know what you need, just give someone a high five, I guess, okay? All right, let's look right at the top. Here are some of the way, the things that God uses in our lives, uses in our lives as ministers. How many ministers do we have in the room? Oh, good. Come on, how many ministers do we have in the room? Yeah, all of us, okay. Uh, number one is this. What, here's some of the things God uses. Number one is my, put natural gifts and passions. My natural gifts and passions. I think sometimes people think that their passions and their natural gifts are carnal and they should feel bad about them because really God gives you things you don't like. <laughs> well, in some cases, some of your natural passions, like if you have passion for someone that's not your wife or your husband, uh, that's carnal. Okay, but I'm saying the, the, the natural things that you tend to gravitate toward that are natural for you, like for instance, you walk into a room, okay, you walk into a meeting and you set up, someone sets up the meeting and they have um, chairs and tables around a, a place and someone walks into the, the room and you have two people that walk in side by side and they walk into a meeting room. One person looks and goes, oh, the chairs are out of order, out of line, and they start adjusting the chairs. Another person right next to him walks in and goes, oh, that person's sitting alone. And they walk right over to the person, right? They, they just have different eyes. They see different things. One has really administration and organization. Another one really has a heart for people. And not that both of them don't, but we see different things. God's wired us different ways. Your natural gifts and your passions. Some people love to be hunters. Some people love to be farmers. Some people just have different gifts. And listen, however God's wired you, just be good at that. Be you. It says in uh, Romans 12 that we have different gifts according to the grace that's been given to us. So what excites you? What comes easy to you? I taught uh, piano and guitar for many years uh, to different people. And it, would always, it always amazed me that I'd walk in and I'd teach someone. And five minutes into the lesson, it would almost seem like they're playing right away. And it came so easy for them. And then the next lesson, I'd have someone sit down. And I've been teaching them the same thing for a year. And they're not getting it. Well, why? Because God wired this person more musical and they're supposed to play piano and God wired this person and they're supposed to play Spotify. <laughs> I mean, it's just different, right? <laughs> they just have something different that they're doing. And so just be who God's called you to be. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Next, uh, how, my life experience, right in life experience. Do you know that God wants to use your background? 
God wants to use the things you've been through. Why did he, I don't know why I went through that. I don't know why this happened or that happened. Why did I go study this in school and I never used it? Why did I go work for that company and never used it? Why did I, uh, 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 you know, move to that city and I never, I, I never really understood why. Listen, God wants to use everything in your life experience for his glory. I promise you, he wants to use everything. And then number three is my pain. <laughs> Say my pain, my pain. Oh, we don't like to talk about the pain, the divorce, the rejection, the hurt, the breakups or the, the, the abandonment of maybe when you were a kid or something happened to you, the losing of a job, the the, the losing of, uh, of something in your life, and it, and it hurts so bad. Some people, you know, been in prison, been in jail. Other people been through just the hardest of times, and they're so ashamed of it. Let me tell you, God even wants to use your pain. He wants to use the things that hurt you. It says in 2 Corinthians 1.3, All praise to God the Father and our Lord Jesus. God is a merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort others. Can you say, so that we can comfort others? God wants to use your pain to be a blessing to other people. Can I tell you, your pain is part of your testimony. Your pain's part of your testimony. Right? Look at the testimony of Paul looking back at Saul. Right? He had a testimony. He said, I, I, now I'm leading him to the Lord. I used to kill him. <laughs> right? Look at Peter. Right? Peter, you know, he, he had just told, he had just uh, been with uh, the, the, the little girl and, or excuse me, he had just been with, with uh, uh, right before Jesus was crucified and the people asked him, including this little girl said, oh, haven't you been with the Christ? And he started even cussing him. H no and this and that. And he started saying all this stuff and then right afterwards now he's leading people to the Lord and they're like, aren't you the person who cussed me out like right before when I asked <laughs> Can I tell you, God wants to use the bad and turn it around for the good. So God will use all those things, your gifts, your passions, your experience, your pain. It's part of your testimony. My personality type. I want to go into this for a minute and, and um, press into this. I know that there's some people who just don't, they wouldn't take a note in church unless Jesus Christ came up on stage and spoke to them personally to take notes. But listen, I want you to take notes, okay, for this one. I want you to take this test because I'm going to read 20 questions and I want you to just answer these 20 questions. Honestly, we're going to go over two tests. Every one of you have one of those gifts or multiples of those gifts. Listen, you don't just flow those gifts in the church, but outside in your everyday life. If you can know what God's called you to, and you can be who God's, listen, you were made to do that. When you were born again, part of your born again spirit, he gave you a gift for that. Now, people need your gift, but you need other people's gifts too. So use your gift for others. Let me, let me, let me, let me finish up here. Gavin, come bring your gift up here. <laughs> Could you? I just love that brother. Um, um, and Jessica, I just love the way you guys worship and serve the Lord. Thank you so much. Yeah, I know both Jessica and Miara just had a baby recently. Um, um, two different couples, okay. Um, <laughs> Nate and Miara and Jessica and Kevin. They just had uh, babies and they're young mothers and they're, they're leading worship, loving the Lord and giving. We just appreciate you guys so much. Just thank God for their gifts. <laughs> Serving at Memphis Tabernacle. My heart, let me just say it up front, my heart is that every person who's here would serve in some capacity. Some capacity. 
Your ministry is outside the church, but it's also in the church. If God called you here, then we need something. We need you to serve in some role. We need you to serve, not for the church, but for you. So my heart, listen, is not to get from you to bless the church, to bless the organized church. My heart is to identify and release you in the gifts God's called you to do and say, flow in it, function in it, stay humble. Because if you're called to things like leadership and things, sometimes you got to wait. Man, I, I waited, I think, 12 years before I ever got into a leadership capacity. I just served and served and served and served. And I think it gets to the point where you really don't care if you're leading it or, or following it. It doesn't matter. It's all serving. In fact, leadership's harder a lot of times because you have to be the biggest servant, Jesus said. And so don't, don't desire something that you're not graced to do. It. Don't push the timeline. But flow in the gifts God's called you to. God's created everyone, fill in this blank. God's created each, each one of us with a, fill in purpose, purpose. First Peter 4 says, each of you should use whatever gift you receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in his various forms. Your gifts are not primarily for you, but for the others around you, and we need them. When you begin to use the gifts God's given you, you'll begin to discover who you were made to be. And then right in this, serving opens the door to purpose. Serving opens the door to purpose. I remember talking with a doctor at our church some years back and I asked him I said hey I want you to step in and start serving he goes man I'm so busy I travel I'm around I have a really heavy schedule I have my family and all that and I said yeah but I still want you to serve in our church he goes I just don't I can't get on a regular schedule man I'm just so busy and I said hey do something not for the church we don't need you need this so I said, in fact, we're going to have a holiday. I think it was Easter. We're coming up. And I said, I think we're going to plant some flowers. We have a work day and, and we need someone to come out there. Would, would you come dig into the dirt and plant some flowers? I, yes, I asked the doctor to do that. Why for him? Not for, not for the church. He came out right on time, got on his hands and knees, dug out this planter, started planting and something came over him. I remember walking up to him and saying, hey, Mr. Sutton, how are you doing? And he looked up at me and he said, thank you. So what for? Something clicked inside of me. And I know that Easter's about to come and people are going to come who don't know the Lord and they're going to come and get closer to God and you let me be a part of that. Thank you. Something ignited. But can I tell you, it didn't just ignite for the church, it ignited in what he did day to day. He realized his serving of people was ministry. But how did it unlock? It unlocked when he discovered the grace as a gift that God... Let me tell you, you can discover your... Something changes in you. You can discover your purpose when you begin to use your purpose, not for your own gain, but for the blessing of other people. That's when you find your needs are taken care of too. Psalm 139 says, You made all my delicate parts and my inward parts. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship's marvelous, how well I know it. So many people, 80, I think I read last, 87% of people when they were surveyed did not know their divine purpose. So they lack fulfillment on the inside. No wonder why we see so much despair in our world. God's given you everything you need to do. Fill in these last things here. Number one is discover your gifts. Number two is develop your gifts. And number three is use your gifts discover my gifts that's what we want to help you do today develop my gifts you've got to put them in motion well nobody nobody sees the gifts that i have i go to a church and they just don't see my gift no that's like saying um 
pull the pot pie out of the oven and eat it now. It's still doughy. Put it back in the oven. Sometimes your gift needs to cook a little more. You know what I mean? Your gift's cooking. It's going to be good when it, we pull it out at the right time, when God pulls it out at the right time. Don't push it. I'm telling you, if someone eats mushy Popeye, they'll never eat your Popeye again. Can I tell you, I waited for so long in ministry, and I believe the reason why is because God was still cooking things in me. God didn't do it for the benefit of the others. He did it to preserve me, to save me. Because if, if I would have had my mess out there prematurely, I probably wouldn't be standing before you today. Just be faithful. The greatest thing you can do is just be faithful with what God's given you. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do, work hard at it. As unto the Lord, it's the Lord Christ that you're serving. And this last thing I want you to fill in is this. My purpose is to serve God by serving others. Serve God by serving others. Well, I just serve the Lord. I don't know about people. Well, Jesus said, I washed feet and to be an example because I want you to wash other people's feet. The calling that every one of us have is to be servants. We sing the song, make me a servant, humble and me. And then we turn around and say, he treated me like a servant. <laughs> well, it's what we all are at the end of the day. We're servants of God. Our primary goal is to discover and release you. We don't want to use you to help the church. We want to release you into what God's called you to do. I want you to bow your heads right now where you are. And in fact, take this, this half sheet in your hand right here before you leave. We're almost out of here. Just take this half sheet in your hand. And just ask Jesus this question. Say, Jesus, what are you calling me to do? If he says nothing, then don't do it. <laughs> but I want everybody, every person. My heart is every person has a calling and a role here that's going to release something in your life. I, I, I know with all of my heart it is. Say, Jesus, what are you saying to me? Jesus, what are you calling me to do? What action do you want me to take? Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.